old country of Shlupska, I am ditch digger. As far as jobs in Shlupska, it's pretty good. We are the Greenbounds, and we have American dream. I find good job in Pico Factory. Sara, I make this vow. In 100 years, our family will prosper. And then one day, everything changed. This is what we're reaching for, everybody. This is the dream. This is the goal. Perfect jar of pickle. <laughs> Welcome to The Good, The Bad, The Watchable, a movie podcast with three friends where we watch everything. I'm Nick Rojas. That's Mark DeSisto. That's Nick Boyle, who you just heard. Guys, how we been? It's been a while. We were last heard on and seen on Dual Redundancy on their summer blockbuster episode. Go check that out. That was a lot of fun. But guys, since then, how's everything been? Things have been good. I mean, besides that quote I just chose, I am, <laughs> I, I kind of wish I went with the latter. The other one was, it's never to do. It's never too late to do things completely differently. I liked that I like the, one a little bit more. I like the pickle I, one. The pickle one's funny. All right. Okay. If you say so. But uh, how are you, Mark? What's new? Been good. Been good. I've been watching movies again. I've been back on my bull. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> He's back. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back been, uh, on the uh, on yeah. the planes, trains, and automobiles, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, hey, uh, a little teaser. For all our friends that are on Letterboxd, though, Mark D on Letterboxd, you will just see new movies every 15 seconds. You refresh that app. It's like, this man can't be stopped. I don't even use my own Letterboxd, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying I, to keep I, up with my records, you know, just to make sure I, I keep a nice, diverse palette for you guys. Yeah, um, it's, a of, it's appreciated. A lot of horror movies recently for me. Doing horror again. Um, Can I ask you something about that? Towards uh, comedy. But okay. when you watch horror... Like, I don't like to watch horror alone. So I give you props. Like, if I'm going to watch a horror movie, I want to watch it with someone just to, like, be super spooked together. But, like, watching it alone is my, like, all right, so I'm just going to have nightmares for a week, like, because I'm still a child. <laughs> yeah. That's me when I saw Conjuring 2 by myself at Providence Place Mall. I, I, I actually sat up against the wall just so I could feel a little bit protected. And I'm like, I'm a grown man. That's terrifying. What am I doing? But, yeah. So let's get right into it because it's been a while. Let's talk about our first news topic of the day. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles to be remade with Will Smith and Kevin Hart. They already have a writer, by the way. Uh, this Aisha, um, I'm blanking on her name. I'll have to look it up and get back to you guys there. But she's written for a bunch of TV shows, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, uh, House of Pain on TBS back in the day. She's written for a Car the Gerard Carmichael show. It's going to be remade. How do you guys feel about them adapting this you know, what many consider a comedy classic and my third favorite movie of all time. What do you guys think? Mark, let's start with you. I didn't know it was your third favorite movie of all time, but I, I really don't like how they keep um, going after the classics. Like, Blade Trains and Automobiles is one of the funniest movies of all time. There's no reason to touch it. Um, so I'm not too excited for them. And also, uh, I do, I'm a big Will Smith and Kevin Hart fan, but I just don't see how they fit into the roles. Like, kind of... Like how we're gonna look at it? Like we're gonna see it? Like I don't see Will Smith taking over for John Candy. I think Will Smith has to be Steve Martin, right? He's got to be because Kevin Hart's the more zany Again, guy. If this is being remade, 
I mean, this is like the first little tease we've even heard of this. I mean, this could be completely remade. It might not even be the same exact movie. You know what I mean? It could be one of those, like, it's the same, but it's not. It's just, like, adapted or something. Um, I, I'm with you on this, Mark. Like, I, I don't think you need to touch this classic. It's a classic for a reason. It's great with who it was with. Um, I love Will Smith. I love Kevin Hart, but I don't think this needs to be done. And could you taint something in the, in the uh, you know, when, when doing this? Could you ruin something that is already a classic? I don't know. I, uh, yeah. So what, what it's, about you, Rojas? It's, so first off, I want to say that her name is Aisha, Aisha Carr. Um, shout out to her. She also wrote for the show uh, Rel. And uh, like I mentioned before, she was a supervising producer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So she's written a bunch of TV shows. This is, I think, her first foray into feature films, which I'm a little bit nervous about. But sometimes we have the benefit of someone not being tainted by a bunch of bad comedies that I never liked in the past. So, you know, fingers crossed for that. Here's the thing. And I mentioned already at the top, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love this movie. I give my full blessing to this remake. I am excited to see a fresh twist on it. It A lot of people, and I understand this, get upset when a really great movie gets redone because you're like, is this going to tarnish my memory of it? Or am I going to constantly compare it to this one? Yes, I completely get that. But you know what? I, I like to see a, a fresh coat of paint on this story. It's not like the most original story. It's a, it's a buddy road trip movie. You know what I mean? That you know It's been done quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I like Will Smith. I like Kevin Hart. Has he made some terrible movies? Yes. Has he made some movies I laughed at? Yes. So I'm excited to see this. I, You know what? What's the worst that happens? It's absolutely terrible. I'll always have planes, trains, and automobiles. But back to what you guys said, they really don't need to remake classics. What they need to do is remake movies that were not quite good but had a good idea that they can make even better. And too much in Hollywood, they're like, hey, this worked. Run the same play. Run it back. Let's do it again. And you're like, "What? it was already good the first time. We don't have to redo it. So – Case be made on both sides, but I give my blessing. I'm, I'm all for this movie. All right. All right, there we go. <laughs> that, I, I, I mean, know. like, I, I'm not going to fight you on it. <laughs> right, yeah, I know. It's just... I'm going to watch it. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally, same. I'll watch it, but I'm not going to be super happy about it. Yeah, so I only saw, like, one... do it now. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, Will Smith needs needs a comeback, I feel like. And I like your idea, though, about let's revisit some of these movies that didn't succeed that had great ideas and great potential because I think there's a lot of those out there. Yeah, like uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Anyway, um, low blow, low blow, low blow. All right, moving along. So Mark and I were talking right before the show about this thing. And Boyle, I don't know if you read about this today because I feel like you'd be excited about this too. No. Amazon Prime Video announces Welcome to Blumhouse. It is Ooh. going to be a run of eight movies when it's all said and done over the course of 2020 and 2021. It is going to be all Blumhouse Studios produced movies, um, which if you know about Blumhouse, they make kind of like those kind of fun teen, young adult horror movies, uh, even you know more adult stuff too. They make movies on the cheap, and they actually make them be profitable because people just like a good scare, even if it isn't that great. So some Blumhouse movies are good. Some Blumhouse movies are not so great, but they're going to be released. Four of them are going to be released this October, um, starting in the first week, and then in the second week, it's going to be two and two, and then a few in 2021. How do you guys feel about Blumhouse movies, and what's your excitement level? Boy, let's start with you on this one. Uh, do you, 
I mean, does this get you going at all? Do you have Amazon Prime? Are you excited about this? What are yeah, you thinking? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> I'm a huge Blumhouse fan um, and ecstatic about this news. However, skeptical too. This reminds me of like, like Adam Sandler was sitting in on this negotiations and we're getting half maybe good and half crap. <laughs> like I just, I have a feeling that Blumhouse has put out some really bad movies too. Let's not, you know, disregard, you know, you just saw one recently, Mark, right? Paradise Island or something. What was that? Island. Fantasy Island. I'm looking at, oh, the, I'm looking at the right. list right now and there's such like hit or miss. They've got. They're neither hit or miss that industry. And I, so. Yeah. They've sorry, got man. like Invisible Man, which we all saw together and, and liked for the most part. Yep. Yeah. You can just go yeah. like complete opposite end of the spectrum. So that's it's like you can tell as soon as you walk into the theater, like, oh, they're bringing their like A squad with this one, and then truth or dare, you're like, uh, this is you know, be in bad. the first five minutes. Yeah. Like, and I just think so. If uh, if it's com- first of all, if it's coming straight to streaming. I don't think you can expect movie theater level like you know because it doesn't sound like you have to buy this. You're just going to be given it. So I don't think it's going to be anything extraordinary if we get one of those out of the eight. I'll be astonished and thrilled. But if we don't, hey, whatever. I'll take what I can get. I'm just hoping. Let's hope for, like, the odds are, like, at least 50% of these are actually good. And then I'm good. But, like, I'm excited by the news. I can't believe this. I didn't know this. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm kind of with with Boyle on that. I'm, like, four movies coming out all at once. I'm I'm only really expecting one of those to be, like, good. Um, Because just looking through Fantasy Island, that was so bad. Um, but Invisible Man, like I said, we like, but Ma, that movie, Ma, very bad. Uh, Truth or Dare, very bad. Us, very good. So, yeah. I don't know, we're just so all over the map that I, I'm going to watch all four of those movies, probably in a time oh, same. whenever it comes out. But I'm, uh, I'm just not too hopeful just because they're being released straight to streaming. It's it's that double-edged sword we've talked about all quarantine long, especially because, you know, all we can do is watch movies at home. It's the movies that get sent directly to our homes that we can watch instantly. It's like immediate excitement followed up by, all right, wait a minute. Is this going to be worth my time? Cause really ultimately that's what you're getting charged for is your time. It's like a thing like this, Mark and, and Boyle gives me a little bit of hope that these studios are like, all right, we let's, we see some value in putting value on these streaming platforms, or maybe they just know that we're just a bunch of pigs and we're just going to eat that slop up. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's, it's one or the other. I, my thing that's going for it is it's coming out in October. There is nothing better than watching scary movies in October, October, even if they're kind of bad, you're just like, got the little bit of goosebumps, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Gosh, you just look at that list of Blumhouse movies, and it is just like it, it's littered with a bunch of movies that you've seen. I mean, like you were you were saying before, and it's just boy. Remember when we saw Ouija? Yep. That's that sequel, Origin yep. of Evil. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was, and you were just—I was not expecting it. I walked out of there being like, "Okay, I really expected like a like a <laughs> three on that," and like walked out being like, t- like scared, like wow. Yeah. Good job. And it was a sequel. Oh gosh, that was creepy. That face was creepy. Do you know that Blumhouse did Whiplash? Yes. I had. That's amazing. <laughs> that that's that and Get Out are their two best ones by far. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you didn't know that. I yeah, I can't believe I didn't know that. Um, I'm gonna throw a tweet out though on the Good Bad Watchable. Follow us on Twitter. What's your favorite Blumhouse movie? Tweet at us Ooh, for that. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Because there's, you know, it's there's, there's a good, good amount to pick there. from, 
Absolutely. So we had a new movie come out since the last time we recorded a podcast, and it came straight to streaming like we were talking about before. And it is called An American Pickle. came out in 2020. Um, I even pull up anything about it, but it's starring Seth Rogen twice in this movie um, about a man who was uh, brined in a pickle vat, I guess you could say, in 1920. Yeah. And then is, uh, I mean, I guess for lack of a better word, brought back to life in in 2020. And he meets his uh, great-grandson who is, uh, you know, uh, app developer living in Brooklyn. And friction ensues between this uh, great-grandfather who is from the tough era and this uh, great-grandson who's kind of, you know, a little bit more what many might consider soft. Uh, again, came out 2020, HBO Max. Mark, let's start with you. What do we think about an American Pickle? You know what? To be honest, I had, I had somewhat high expectations of it. Um, yeah, really looked into um, like Seth Rogen, his production value. Kind of, you know, if they knew the situation, this is to me. I thought this was going to be like a big thing for HBO Max for them to really want to get like more subscribers in. Um, but I thought it just it didn't really work. Um, you know, I thought it was just okay. Um, it was funny at times, but I, it wasn't like a sustainable comedy to me. Um, I just, it, like, I, I'm going to forget about this movie. Like, I'm going to forget about the parts that I, I thought was funny. I guess like uh, they kind of went a little too hard at the hipster Brooklyn thing. It just wasn't for me. Um, I, like, I thought it was watchable. It's not good. It's not bad. It's, it's watchable. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's I'm just, why we have that title in there. And, and Boyle, you just wrapped it up. Mark and I haven't seen it for like about a week or so, and it's already fading from my memory. What What's your kind of instant thoughts about it? <clears throat> um, So I actually wouldn't say I laughed a whole bunch. I mean, I had my chuckles. Um, I think when we first heard of this idea, Seth Rogen movie, Come to HBO Max, An American Pickle – I thought of Sausage Party. I thought of silly animated craziness. And since the day you brought that up, I have not found one ounce of any sort of looking into this movie because I wanted to know nothing. So then I got like on the Twitter feed of what this movie was generally about and we texted about it. And I was like, okay, thanks for the, you know, synopsis pretty much, which you guys were very good about keeping it very vague. And I still felt like I didn't know much going in. And that helped because then when, when the plot ensued and I'm like, Oh, okay. Hundred years later, this is going to be kind of funny. I see where this movie is. I mean, we've we've done this before, but in a different culture and a different style. So this will be interesting, right? So, I think to me, I enjoyed this story. I enjoyed it for what it was, and it still was a pleasurable watch to me. Like Mark said a second ago, it's a watchable. It's not great. It's not bad. It's watchable. However, I think going forward, and I like to pose this for you guys, maybe to talk about too. Like, I think Seth Rogen has been trying to make his way into more serious roles. I think we'll always have his his classic humor and his classic comedy in different, certain movies. But there are certain movies he does do a serious role out there. And I think this is one of them. Like, I think he was trying to take himself more of an actor in this rather than the funny side. You're not going to get the, the um, you know, the rom-com, the, the little classic, you know, high jokes and all this stuff that he normally does in his other comedies with his boys. Like this was i think more of that like more of a drama and then kind of maybe some dark humor in there too not really dark humor because it was plain humor but you know what i mean like right. i don't think the focus was a comedy i think the focus was 
him finally stepping a little out of his own element, doing something different. And was it a slam out of the park? No, but he got on base. I thought it was good. I think in, in you know, in years to come, who knows, maybe he'll be one of those up for best actor and stuff. And it'll be a role similar to this in a bigger scale. I don't know. I just yeah, think I... we need to understand he's universal in acting, not just always assuming it's a comedy. And I think that's how they promoted it, which I think is why that's what I thought going into it. I don't know. Well, Boyle, remember when we saw Observe and Report yeah. years ago with Seth Rogen? It's kind of like, is that this is step into serious stuff? And I, maybe it's a, a muscle he doesn't really have. I hate to say that because I always want to believe in actors, but I don't know. That it, it wasn't really like the biggest issue with my movie was him, though. It really wasn't. And and Mark and I talked about this. It felt like a really long TV episode that that could have been way shorter. And so I, I forgot to mention this at the top, but it's directed by Brandon Trost, um, produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, uh, you know, who did all those great movies, super bad, whatnot. But it was written by Simon Rich. It was based on a short a short story by Simon Rich, who wrote Men Seeking Woman, which was a hilarious FX show. And he was great in a 21-minute format show. Fantastic. Fantastic at that. This just didn't work for me because halfway through, I, I you know, I don't know about you guys, but halfway through, I'm, I'm checking my phone. Like, I, I'm kind of like, all right, like, I feel like this movie kind of wore out its welcome already. Like, what is this going to even be about? And then you see the jokes coming from like a mile away, like, Oh, he's going to get on Twitter. Like, Oh, you know, you know, people are going to cancel him. You know, it's, uh, it just wasn't a romp. And between this and good boys, which was the last movie that Seth Rogen produced. It's, it's like comedies that you, you, you acknowledge the jokes, but you're not belly laughing. I, you know, I probably totally. laughed honestly at good boys more than this, but just, you know, and it's again, it's a streaming movie. It's I think the first original streaming movie on HBO max that I've watched. So I was like, all right, like what's going to be the direction of the studio? And um, yeah, if it's going to be just half baked ideas that get turned into 90 minute movies, like, uh, you know, it is what it is. I don't know if it's worth paying 15 bucks a month for. I mean, it is. It's HBO. Who am I kidding? I hope they never hear this, but yeah, just, I don't know. American pickle. It, it just like Mark and like you Boyle, excited for this movie going in for sure. Didn't watch any trailers. Didn't read anything about it. Just went into the movie. Like, let's check it out. And I'm just like, ah, all right. Like, it's just, it felt very, you could, I don't know if you guys could notice this too. You could see like the, how inexpensive this movie was to make. Like it had that kind of like feeling of like, eh, this is like, this was made on a shoestring budget. Whereas last year's long shot, you could tell had a little bit more production value, which is why that movie, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, it's pretty awesome. You could kind of see like, there's a little bit more of a, an effort there, but, uh, for scores, in terms of score, I, I think, gave an American Pickle a five out of ten. Just I think that's what you need mediocre. to expect, though, for streaming movies. Just keep yeah. that in mind. Would you like more, Boyle? This or Eurovision? Hmm. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> it's like a I see, I, and I disagree. I enjoyed both, so I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I think I enjoyed this more because it was shorter and it was to the point, and I got in and out. It was an yeah, hour and a half. It wasn't too bad. Eurovision was just too long. You I mean, hate to it. say it when your enjoyment of a movie <laughs> is factored in by how short it was than yeah. the other. One. Yeah. Mark, would you would you give it for a score? And Boyle, would you give it for a score? I gave it a two and a half out of five. Okay, all so, right, yeah, right down the middle. It's like you a five, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I gave it a uh, a six out of ten on the okay. uh, Fisher scale. So, are you recommending people watch this, Boyle? What do you think? No, I think if you want something. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I guess not. If it was a yes or a no, it's just it's a no. Mark, was did you watch it with Dan? Like, would you recommend it to him? No, I'm, I'm not going to make him watch that. Yeah, it, it's just a big nothing to me. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Like, I I didn't hate it. I'm just like you know, I'm indifferent. Which like, nothing. Which yeah, be, which might be worse. <laughs> it's a it's a background movie, man. If I've ever seen one. Yeah, total background it, movie. Yeah, like you could boy, you could have been correcting papers and like. You know I don't I mean? know. To be honest, I don't think so. And the only reason is because of his accent. Like, I mean, like, I felt like I had to sometimes, like, really pay attention to know what he was saying. And then I was like, oh, okay. So, like, I don't, I mean, like, could I have? Sure. But, um, again, or just watch something else. It comes down to that, too. I mean, I'm giving it a generous score, a six, because I still appreciated it for an hour and a half. I mean, if it was longer than that, I think I would have had words. But it, to me, it still got in, got out, hour and 28 minutes. I mean, I can't. Oh, I could not imagine that movie being, like, 10 minutes longer, man. I just... I couldn't see it. So that's the scores for us. Five out of 10 for me. Two and a half out of five for Mark. Boyle gives it a six out of 10. Yeah. If you haven't already seen it and you're kind of listening to this episode, wait till the next streaming movie comes out. Honestly, like you can, you can kind of skip this one. I guess maybe mine is a five out of 10 because I guess like if I was on Letterboxd, I probably wouldn't give this a three out of five. I'd give this a two and a half, like you guys said, which would equivalent a five, 5.5. That's it. My there you go. All right. Bob. The boil split down the middle. So Mark and I watched the movie um, separate of each other. We, we didn't watch it together. That's available on Netflix right now, directed by our guy. Uh, well, not really our guy. It's, I'm acting like we're tight with Spike Lee. Spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Spike Lee directed this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'll read the synopsis real quick. When an armed mass gang enter a Manhattan bank, Lock the doors and take hostages. The detective assigned to effect their release enters negotiations preoccupied with corruption charges he is facing. Oh, okay. All right. 2006, this movie came out. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. When you put it like that. Again, directed by Spike Lee, uh, written by Russell Gerwitz, starring our favorite Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Jodie Foster, Christopher Plummer, Willem Dafoe, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I think those are the big uh, six right there. Um, uh, Mark, let's just tag team this thing real quick. Uh, what do you think about Inside Man? I've never seen it before. So yeah, that, this is something I had never seen before either. But it's something that I've had on my watch list for like a long time. I was like, I've I've always wanted to see this because uh, I feel like uh, when people rattle off Denzel Washington movies, uh, this is like one of the like first movies they mention. And now I see why. I mean, he was phenomenal in this movie. Um, I just thought he was uh, far and away the best part about it, though. I. Like it was, it was a good movie. I I really enjoyed this, but I thought he like he's the the main focus. He was the reason why this movie was good. Uh, I just I just thought it it kind of started out so hot and then just faded as it kind of went out. Like I was kind of bored with it. Like as it like went on, I was like, oh, like all right, like let's let's kind of do this. Um, even though the the actual ending, like the like the big finish to it was was very unpredictable. Um, but I did sort I did kind of fade out until then. And I was like, Oh, okay. That, that made it like kind of better. But so right. again, I thought it was good. Uh, but Denzel Washington and far and away the highlight. You can tell a lot about a movie, Mark, when we're coming to the conclusion and you're sitting there, you know, actually interested in that. All right. How, how does this end? Like how did the characters end up? Like, and this, I'd say this movie definitely falls into that category. Cause the last five minutes you're like, Whoa, okay. All right, cool, cool. I had the same problem as you like first for me, it was like the first 
But just to be generous, first two thirds of this movie, you're like, this is pretty awesome. Like, love it. Love the whole, you know, police outside a bank, like the bad guys being like 10 feet away from them kind of aspect of it. Denzel is just a force in every movie and not in a way that's overpowering. It's just like you believe him as this detective, like, yeah, absolutely. Kind of, who's like kind of like caught up in something that's not anything to do with him, mad, but, you know, keeping it cool, charismatic. Anytime he was interviewing one of those witnesses, I loved it. Like it felt like it was actually like Denzel. Like he's so good at acting. Like when they're interviewing the old lady, like you didn't rob the bank, did you? No, I'm just. <laughs> I completely agree. He was just um, extremely believable within his role, and just when he when he was on the screen, he commanded your attention. He was he was awesome. Uh, yeah, really, his character start to finish, awesome. Chiwetel Ejiofor and Willem Dafoe as like side characters in this movie. Nice added like great bonus to this movie and they didn't really have too much to do but it's like oh it's you know it's you know, yeah, cool was, to have them there the, like the cast list i was like this is a star-studded cast i was like why isn't this movie talked about more and then as i watched it i kind of figured out why it was like this yeah is really it, it's like a movie that was like doing so well and it's like they got so far along they're like wow wait we don't know what i wanted to say what i want to finish and wrap it up with like it's like there's like that 25 minutes towards the end where it's just like, what is this doing? Like, what what are we doing here? Like it just faded. So, um, I recommend this movie to people that like Denzel though. If you like Denzel, you'll like this movie. I literally put that in my review. I was like four Denzel fans. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I saw you saw it today or you reviewed it on letterboxd. I saw that today. I put it up. Yeah. I just got the, the review. A few days ago, I think. Um, uh, again, it's, yeah, if you're a fan of Denzel's work, then definitely watch this uh, available on Netflix. Uh, the last thing I did like about this movie was I recognized that neighborhood because I used to live there. So I was like, I know all these buildings. So I thought that was like pretty cool. <laughs> so like, kind yeah. of a little trip down memory lane for me. You, it automatically is like a half star uh, bump in the right direction whenever <laughs> it's like locations. You're like, I've been there. You do the Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> meme. like it's to the point. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, last year, Julie and I watched a movie called Donald Cried, and it's a movie that takes place in Warwick, on oh, Warwick, Rhode Island. Yeah. yeah. This guy went to Warwick Vets, and his, and you're just like, I've been there. I've been there. I've driven there. It's so, yeah, that movie was a uh, sidetrack. Anyway, so I give Inside Man, it is my quintessential 7 out of 10 movie. Like, happy I watched it on the couch. I think it was like a late, on like a Sunday evening with uh, Julia's dad. Like, we had a great kick out of it, you know. Not really had to think too much once the movie's over. How say you, Mark? What do you rate it? I gave this um, a three and a half out of five stars on my letterbox review. So a seven, be like a seven out of ten. Yeah. Uh, I, again, it was good, but uh, the reason it was so good was um, just Denzel. So I don't know how Letterbox calculates their top four movies for an actor, but Boyle, this is going to be your quiz since you didn't get to do this review. What movies do they have for the four movies for Denzel Washington on Letterboxd, the top four? Well, just so you know, I actually saw this movie years ago. I loved this movie when I saw it. I'm not going to make my comments because I'm going to actually watch it this week with Michaela. So I'll make my comments next time. But okay. um, his top four? Come on, guy. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Mark, you want to take a stab at it? What? What? <laughs> it's his top four movies that they have listed on on uh, Letterboxd here. Freeze. Oh, yep, frozen. There we go. It's um. There we go. 
my internet connection is unstable. It says, hate to see it. That's to see it. He was uh, asked, he was asking, what are Denzel Washington's like top movies? Ooh, top down. On, letter, on letterbox that yeah, they, right. that they give you. Let me see. Uh, oh, without looking, I thought you were asking me, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Without looking. Yeah. No, I have to think. Uh, uh, Mar- Mark's looking at the filmography. I go like immediately to um, like training day. All right. That's the number one yeah. one they have there. Um, remember the Titans has to be up there. They have that in the, the third row there. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. What about, um, but I, I got, not getting, not the really. second one is like, I'm like, is a shame. Is it this flight? Is no flight. They have at number seven. Oh, okay. Man on fire. No, Man on Fire, they don't have until uh, 12. Dude, it's definitely unstoppable, the train movie. <laughs> yeah. you know, they they have so. that at 15. What was that movie he did with Mark Wahlberg that no one liked but me? Oh, Two Guns? <laughs> Is that what it was? Oh, my God, dude, that movie was nuts. They had that at 17. Was it called Two Guns? <laughs> yes. The number two movie they have for Denzel Washington is Fences. What? That movie is like such like a your, like it's like a your dad's movie that they respect but you are just like oh I'll watch i was this gonna movie. say if they put a uh, book of eli up there i was gonna lose it book of eli they have at 10 number three movie on letterbox again i don't know how they calculate this inside man wow and then number four they have the magnificent seven huh, huh. not the not the movies i would associate with denzel after no day. they have malcolm x at five philadelphia at six like those are kind of the ones I'm more associated with. But. Yeah, Philadelphia. I mean, uh, that one's one that you hear about. Oh, American Gangster. Because I'm looking at a list now. American Gangster's up there. Yeah. That movie, That was, it had a lot of hype, but I thought it just kind of under-delivered. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a, in a number of years, so I, I don't have it rated on Letterboxd at all. 07, yeah, I saw it so long. I remember it just being so long and being like, all right, like, eh. Chiwetel Ejiofor's in that one, though. Didn't realize that. Riz is in it too. So oh, he got there, game. How come he got game isn't up there more? Isn't that like a classic? Yeah, you would think it. That one's way down low too. Hmm. Ray Allen's that That's one. Big. Well, so that was Inside Man. I think again, like we said, if you like Denzel, you'll like that. Okay, it's time for our quick pick segment. We're gonna start with Boyle, and uh, for quick picks, picks you get one minute, a movie that's streaming right now, and you get to say and state your case as to why people should check it out. Boyle has three movies lined up for us. Let's put one minute on the clock, Mark. Ready? And go, Boyle. Uh, first up is Casino. It's actually on Hulu right now with De Niro um, and Pesky, uh, Pesci. And uh, I absolutely – I don't know why I would do that. And I absolutely love this movie, 9 out of 10. Uh, classic duo and, and just the way it all works together. They're just – they're amazing. Um, and anyway, next is Mississippi Grind. This I uh, gave a six out of ten. It's got Ryan Reynolds and Ben Middleton. Um, it's all about gambling in a casino, and the duel really worked very well together. And I was very shocked. And last but not least, I was shocked by this one. Hardcore Henry finally got around to it. The first person where you're literally the whole time running around in an action movie. It just it's a sci-fi. It was out there. I didn't realize it was going to be that sci-fi-ish, and I was into it. It still was honestly enjoyable. Netflix at home, why not? Uh, I, I give it a six out of 10, just another fun movie. So Mississippi grind, six out of 10 hardcore Henry, six out of 10 and casino nine out of 10. 
There we go, Boyle. Nice. Under a minute. Seven seconds, Boyle. Good job. Impressive. I got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed Hardcore Henry, too. Um, yeah. I in a while, but uh, I'm with you on that one, Boyle. Great. I was so shocked because it got trashed when it was in the theaters. And I was like, this was actually pretty, like, pretty good, pretty pretty good, good. for such a small cast and limited. I mean, you could tell it was like a, you know, paranormal activity. This was a small company. Make actually, you know who made this movie? I'm, I'm lying. It's not a small company. H Brothers. Oh, that yeah, that production studio. Dude, they've done a um, bunch of movies. They make quality films. They're the ones who um helped make John Wick three. You know, yeah. some of those other big ones. But yeah, they make awesome. extremely watchable movies. Yeah. Extremely well, like stunt movies too. Like they always, you know, you're gonna see a crazy movie if they're in it. I feel like involved. All right, but, Mark, time for your quick picks. Let's put one minute on the clock, and. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind on Netflix. I'm sure you'll see it once you sign in. It's one of like the first ones that's recommended. I gave it a whirl. Um, not gonna lie, you should probably be in the mood for it. It's a it's a bit heartbreaking. It's more of a poetic style movie. Not really a feel good movie, um, but it's a good cast. Very good job by Jim Carrey in the lead role. Um, I I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, next, uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, Highlander on Amazon Prime Video. It is a cult classic from the 80s. Um, it's not a very good movie. It's very watchable, but um, it's got that kind of like classic, um, like cheesy 80s uh, vibe to it. And then I'm wrapping this up. Uh, Nocturnal Animals on HBO Max. Extremely good cast. Awesome story, but that's another kind of dark one. Make sure you're in the mood for it. It is not lighthearted. <laughs> so those are my three. I love it. I love it. Good picks. 59 seconds and like five tenths of a second. It's, it's a skill. Do you very impressive, both of you. I have to say Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, I watched on a sick day my senior year of high school. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Like, let's see. I was about like 17 or 18. I already had like my heart broken at one point at, at that point in time. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, this movie is me. It is totally me. And you're just like, oh, my God. I'm actually um, get a grip, man. Yeah, that's another one I plan to watch soon. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is so good. I need to watch it. That that's like everyone has a list of movies that it's like I'm going to revisit this movie again someday. Yeah, and that's that's been on there for like a decade for me. I don't even think I I rated it yet. No, no, I haven't. You you and liked it though, right? I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm gonna say I probably gave it four stars. And Mark also uh, loved, uh, I saw, you know, Nocturnal Animals, which Rojas, you and I loved when we first saw that movie. So it's yeah. good to see that it held up with somebody else years later. Right, yeah, because Boyle and I... I gave four four out of five stars. That was It was, like, really good. It was dark, but really good. Yeah. I gave Eternal Sunshine three and a half stars. Nice. We we have to have, yeah. ask you, Mark, yeah. after you saw, see some of these movies, because Boyle and I have been known to hype each other up about a movie after we saw something like, dude, that movie was amazing. That was like a 9 out of 10. Uh, Central Intelligence, The Rock, Kevin Hart, go see it. It was amazing. <laughs> We're like, dude, guys, relax. Like, so I do love that movie, though. We did like that movie, Boyle, didn't we? I've seen it multiple times. Oh, I'm actually jealous. All right, Mark, put one minute on the clock for me. And go. So... The first of my three movies I'm going to talk about, The Philadelphia Story, came out in 1940. Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and the guy from A Wonderful Life. Uh, you know his name. Ah, oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm blanking on his name. Uh, I apologize. Fantastic. Look, this movie's on the AFI 100 list for a reason. It is a 
kind of a just early stage romantic comedy. Don't get scared by the fact that it's in black and white or it, you know, it's it's a 1940 movie. This movie it still holds up. Very funny, very smart, and it's on HBO Max. Check it out. Next movie for me is Fletch. I saw it on Peacock. Chevy Chase, you know, it's a mid-80s detective noir movie. Uh, he's a writer for the uh, LA Times. And it is a really kind of like, you know, kind of like fun movie. It, it's it's enjoyable to watch and it's got some good comedic beats. Chevy Chase is hysterical in it. Peacock, I watched it on Gangs of New York, by the way. I want to say very, very, very good movie. Some of that stuff should be taught in school and our guy is good in it. I was close to a minute there. That was 101. <laughs> oh, I'm blanking on what his name is. Why am I blanking on his name? Daniel Day-Lewis, DDL. Him and Gangs of New York, guys. Have you guys seen the movie? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. It's on my list. Gangs of New York. Oh. I've seen that many a time. I figured you would have, Mark. It is Let's see. tremendous. Let's see. Philadelphia Story cast. Just want to make sure we get that. Yeah, no. I'm a, I, I um, go off the cuff with James with, Stewart. Yes, James Bro, Stewart. Uh, uh, Jimmy. I'm very, I'm very excited for the next. You're going to lead off with the opposites because one of your opposites I'm very interested in talking about. Two of okay. them, I guess. So let's do this. All right. Um, yeah. Again, Philadelphia story, man. That's just, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So, all right. Minute on the clock again. Let's run it back. Okay. Ready, set, go. So first movie on the opposite. Don't watch. Don't recommend list. There will be blood. I watched on Netflix. Daniel Day Lewis. Not really a fan of that movie because I mean, just fantastic acting by Paul Dano. Great acting by Daniel Day Lewis. Just such a long and boring story. I was like, the cinematography is great. Like it was like looking at like a really cool aquarium for like 90 uh, for like two hours. I'm like, yeah, man, it's really cool. Like I get it. You know, I get it. So I'm sorry. wasn't really a fan. Second one, definitely maybe Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of, uh, you know, great actors, act actresses like uh, Easel Fisher and Elizabeth uh, Banks is in it. And it's just, nah, it's like the kind of like worst version of like those late two thousands rom-coms, wasn't really a fan of it. And then The Last of the Mohicans, which I know Mark watched earlier this year. Daniel Day-Lewis again. It's like in your mind you're thinking this is supposed to be some kind of classic. And then you watch it you're like, it's just all right. Like you don't don't watch it unless you absolutely have to. Um, so, yeah, that's my opposite picks of the week. 102. Not bad. Gosh, I'm, I'm off today. I'm going to tell you something. So There Will Be Blood is on my list for Netflix, but I will immediately be removing it the minute we leave, get off this pod. Um, because oh, yeah. I was dread, dude, I was so excited for it. But at the same point, I was like, this could be tough. And I'm so glad you just told me otherwise. So yeah, definitely me. Oh, highly rated by me. Yes. Yeah. Don't t- just take my word for it. Look at but- this. this is like an all timer. Let's see what I gave this. I gave it four out of five stars. Boyle. I really, Oh my God. It. Fine, I gotta watch it now. Nope, I no, watched I it to. like almost three weeks ago. Very good. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it now. I have to be the deciding factor. You have to be. Yeah, yeah that's so. true. Fine. Uh, shout out to our friend Dave Allen uh, who commented. He he also tried to watch it um, a few months ago. He says and he couldn't even finish it. So uh, just shout cool. to, I, I know. Mark, I'm sorry, man. Like some sometimes these movies, I'm like, you know what? I just gotta take the L on it. I just do. But now, so. definitely, maybe. I mean, I loved that movie back I when it first like came a, out. What a really funny movie. It's like it's, a really funny and cute little movie. Like, I thought it's like a cute rom-com. It's nice. You don't get political <laughs> on this show, but it is like 
overwhelmingly about the Clintons, specifically Bill. Wow, like, I haven't seen it in so long. Then throughout the whole, like it is like he works on the Clinton campaign, and you think that's just going to be like a background thing? It's like it's, a, like, it's a through line. Oh You're wow! Like, oh, okay. okay, we keep coming back to this. Okay, all right. And it's just like one of those things where now everyone's like kind of like hyper aware about that kind of stuff. So yeah, watching it now, I'm like uh, in 2008, I probably wouldn't have cared as much. <laughs> uh, but now I'm just like, okay, all right, we're really digging our heels in this. So yeah, uh, all right. I've t- I talked enough. Uh, Mark, you go. All right. And start the clock. Um, I just recently watched uh, Colossal on Hulu. Um, really not the type of movie that you'd think they're going to give you. Um, pretty heavy at some points. Um, not not very funny at all. I really thought it was going to be somewhat of a comedy based on the uh, – Based on the trailer, so I would I'd absolutely skip that if you think it's going to be some sort of comedy. Um, she dies tomorrow. Um, I had to navigate the internet to watch that one, um, but it was getting like pretty solid reviews. I watched it, not good. No, um, <laughs> it was like kind of like a big waste of time. Just really didn't see where they were going with the story. Um, seemed very convoluted at times. Not very interesting. Uh, my last one: We Summon the Darkness. It's got um, it's got like a, a decent cast that you could recognize, but it's just a, another big nothing, like a, kind of a waste of time. I I fell asleep towards the end and done. Wow, one minute and six tenths of a second. So I need I need to uh, I need to ask Mark. Um, I was this close, like Michaela, even who doesn't like horror movies, was like we summon the darkness, and she was like, "Hey, that yeah. looks interesting." Yeah, see, they get you because it. it it does look interesting. It's, but it wasn't. It just wasn't that. It wasn't very good, Boyle. <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure how else to put this. I think, like, in my reviews, I just kind of said it was really good to fall asleep to. How would the Coco sisters that I spend time on the weekend with, what would they think about it? I could see Jules liking it and Renee not liking it. Okay. We all, look, if, you know, for the listeners at home who may not know, um, their personalities. Renee, my girlfriend's sister, absolutely needs to have a neatly packed, perfect ending for a movie where all the characters end in a happy, hey, and they all lived happily ever afterwards. I tell her, my favorite my favorite movies are where my favorite people in the movie die at the end. And she's like, this makes no sense to me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, because uh, it's, got, um, it's got Alexandra Daddario in it. And right. Oxville. So I was like, all right, like then those two people right there sold me. I was like, all right, like I guess I'm in. Is that That's Johnny Knoxville on the poster? Yeah, he's in it too. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, they make him look kind of rough on the uh, poster there. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. I'm looking at it right now. And honestly, um, the consensus rating is about two and a half. I gave it two stars. Um, it's very, very kind of just like average, I guess. If yeah, you yeah. would watch it. But I've said enough about that movie. I say skip it. Fair. Okay. All right, Boyle. All right. Your turn. So tell me when. Three, two. All right. So the first one I'm going to start off with is Seven Days to Las Vegas, which is on Amazon. Um, both of my losers are from Amazon this week. Um, Seven Days to Vegas, it wasn't – again, these aren't terrible movies. Um, you know, it, it right now on IMDb has a 5.4 out of 10. Um, it's got Vincent Van Patten, Ross McCall, Paul Walter, Hosser. These names really probably don't mean anything to you because they're Paul really nobody. 
Um, but there is, I was going to say, the main character is someone who you know. Anyways, I gave this movie 5 out of 10 because it really, it was an interesting story and kind of fun to watch, to be honest. So for a bad movie, I actually do suggest this because it's a watchable and it was just very interesting. Um, what happens at the end and there's some there's a lot of little fun jokes in there throughout it too so this isn't a terrible movie um it just wasn't on my greatest of like like i said this week i didn't see anything bad and then all night are on amazon um and all night are on amazon um comes with um jk simmons and this other guy that you would recognize if you saw him uh i think it's Emily hirsch and it's Emil really, hirsch yeah yeah i gave it a 4.5 out of 10 again it's 5.7 out of 10 on um imdb right now but it's um, it's nothing wonderful, but it's nothing um bad either. Again, just kind of a middle of the watch, and you kind of feel bad for this guy whose girlfriend broke up with him, and now he's traveling with the father to find the girlfriend. It's wild. Um, but it, I mean, it's got its moments. So if you want to check it out, check it out. Otherwise, I mean, that was all I had, guys. Um, and I'm done. That minute thirty two seconds. I got thirty six seconds. So a minute thirty six seconds. Yeah. For two movies. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. All, so, all nighter, huh? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, it was nothing wonderful. I'm going to tell you, I've been, you know what I have been watching? And it's not a movie, and I'm super hooked. And I highly suggest it to absolutely everyone right now is yes. the Zach Efron show, Down to Earth. Yeah. It's amazing. It's all about, like, basically how we as a, as a world could live better by using resource materials and different ways of just basically living a better life. And it's amazing. Honestly, every episode is a different country and you learn something new about that country and how they sustain life. And it's just, it's been incredible. I'm going to tell you right now, it's been awesome. I've only been watching here and there because I don't want to like get through the whole season and have, have none. So good. Well, you're the first person that I quote unquote trust their opinion on fully (laughs) that has recommended that to me. So, uh, yeah, no, everyone that's watched it has, has swears by it. Free tip. Yeah, it's looked good, but I have. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be something where it's not even like a background show, like, because you're going to get sucked into it. Like, it's really interesting, the stuff that, that they both learn. I guess basically Zach Efron, like, met this. He was listening to this podcaster about renewable store, and he's like, What can I do as a celebrity, as a person? I feel like I'm not giving back to help the carbon in the world and all that, you know? Right. Um, and what can yeah, I do? The carbon. So yeah, <laughs> so they ended up. Uh, I I can't speak this stuff. Anyways, so they end up uh, traveling the world, and he he hired a crew to come follow them as they went to each country and learned about it. And the other guys set up all the different things they did. It's really funny. Um, and I will say, tune out here if you're not over eighteen or something. Um, basically, there's many scenes that Zac Efron is like super super baked and you can see it and you can see him being like wow this is amazing like it's <laughs> it's hilarious like it's it's super obvious <laughs> so he's like he'll be like they were learning like in, you know in iceland that you can boil the water on the water's boiling under the ground so if you scoop dirt you can throw some eggs and poach eggs real quick and he was like he looked at the camera and i lost it <laughs> it's just uh anyways it's a great show go watch <laughs> all right i like it boil Mark, we're about to wrap up with some listener tweets. Do you have anything else you want to add? I'm just looking at our old script, and I think I'm actually going to rewatch The Lord of the Rings this week. I think I'm going to do it. You are? You're going to go for it? Yeah, you know, because I it's haven't. My to do. And I've been seeing, like, a lot of, just for whatever reason, like, 
Lord of the Rings stuff has been popping up a lot, like on Twitter and anything like that. That's been like coming to my attention. I was like, you know what? I haven't seen those movies in a long time. Like, I'm. It could be Same. time to get back after it. I have yeah. the DVD of all three. Classic Boyle. But you definitely scooped that up at a grocery store, didn't you? No. <laughs> Boyle, Boyle is the king of having the DVDs. It's like, yeah, they're in the bin. There was like six movies for one. It's three bucks. It's like awesome. It. It's a must buy. Boyle's like, yeah, man, I have all like, I don't know. It'll be like some like off-brand version of it. It's like all, it's all Ready the Bad this? News Bears movies except for the first one. Ready for this? The other night, AJ was over and he goes, what do you want to watch? All right, I, and we were just talking and I was, he was like, you know what I haven't seen forever? I love to watch MacGruber. And that was like our thing when we were in high school. So I was like, done. I got the DVD. And we watched it because otherwise we would not have been able to have found that movie. So boom, roasted. <laughs> All right. I guess. I don't know. I I have no desire to uh, super watch movies that I haven't seen in a while. Like I know I just mentioned that Eternal Sunshine yeah. and Spotless Mind. I was yes. going to say, now you're being a hypocrite. No, but it, for me, it's like if the opportunity presents itself. I'm not a, I'm not a seeker. Of movies I've already seen, I I let it wash over me like a wave. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, Lord of the Rings. Which streaming service is that on now? It is on HBO Max and HBO Max only. Okay, but I love you know that. what? Oh what? Well, I was gonna say because you know I was listening to a redundancy's episode from last week, and they were talking about how this all the like Harry Potter right that just left HBO Max after being on it for what two months, right? And now it's on Peacock because they had already signed a deal. Right. But they were trying to get it on launch day for HBO Max, you know, and they, they covered it well. And it kind of hinted at something that I think Boyle will really appreciate is that with all these streaming services juggling all these properties around, if you kind of want to just cut that out, you just get the physical copy of it and now you don't have to worry about it anymore. And I'm like, all right, you know, I can see some value in that. So, but yeah, let's read some listener tweets. Boyle, what, what were you going to say? Um, That it's really ridiculous that roku has not developed the hbo max app and i know like there were articles about it two days ago posted too and it's like this is ridiculous how do you come out with a platform that you can't access like i have the logins to access but i'm not i refuse to watch hbo on my laptop like it's going on the tv so i i google chromecast it to my tv but, but you shouldn't have to do that <laughs> I know. Well, Mark, Mark knows I'm that. smart TV, and like I can't, like I just can't access HBO right now because like I had HBO Go, but like on the Roku, yeah. like for whatever reason, like HBO Go, like the app, like isn't working anymore. It, got, it, got it become it became an HBO app. It's now just HBO only. Yeah. yeah. Like now, even with my with a login, like I can't like log in on the HBO app. Really? Okay. All right. So that's it's interesting. Not working. Either I'm either I'm trying to type in the wrong password continually or, you know, something's wrong. No, I think when they said HBO is going, they didn't mean that it was going to merge with HBO now. I think they were like, yeah, it's just gone. And there's nothing you can do about it. Bye-bye. Yeah, so, I don't like that one. Bit. I have no idea. Boyle, one of the funniest moments on the podcast a few weeks ago when you were like, I got the notification that the HBO Max is coming to Roku. I was like, Boyle, I don't think that's true at all. Uh, and I was like, I'll look into it. I it's, literally – I wish i still had that source because i was pumped and now nope it comes down to it and we've repeated it roku is trying to fight for you know the data of the people who watch it because they like collecting that data so they can get advertisers hbo is like no we want the data solely for ourselves we don't want it and they're not coming to any kind of and it's the same thing with peacock and roku and it's frustrating very frustrating so uh you know we wanted it to be a quick episode so i'll just quickly read these tweets cookie rojas at the cookie rojas Always a contributor to the show. 
he watched good movies. He said IP Man 1 and 2 on Golden Pond. He had never seen it in its entirety. Come Sunday, The Master, he was not impressed. The Adjustment Bureau, which he liked. Love that movie. Bad movies, Xanadu, he put in parentheses advice, Xana don't. Good dad, <laughs> good dad joke there. Yes. Uh, the, and then he said The Silent, which is that Stanley Tucci movie. He says, I should have stayed silent and not admitted to admitting to seeing it. Classic I like that movie. The Silent? Remember, I told you it was like The Quiet Place. It's like the same thing. But I thought you get to see the creatures more, and it was more violent, so I enjoyed it. Okay. Good. And then my, my old pal David Hughes said he saw Vivarium, which Mark has reviewed on this podcast before, uh, starring Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. Uh, 7 out of 10 said creepy, thrilling, but important concepts. I don't know what that means. So, so I wanted to watch that movie, but then I remembered Mark saying it wasn't good, so I didn't watch it. Yeah, skip it. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I don't need much swaying. Mark, that, that, that's all we need. So uh, I like yeah. the King of the Monsters, so if I didn't like this movie, it's got to be pretty bad. <laughs> it's just confusing. Like, why bury him? I just was like, this is just weird. Yeah, sometimes when things go to be too weird, and you're just like, look, I'm all for weird, but I, I just can't do this right now. I'm sorry. No, thanks. Well, that so I actually, uh, I oh, started okay. a movie. I was going to say, I started a movie right before we got on here, and then I was like, I had to stop so we could do this. Um, So I'm excited to finish Swordfish for the first time ever. Oh, my God. I just watched that today. (laughs) Yeah. So next time, Mark. (laughs) I have to watch that for How Did This Get Made? So I guess next episode we will talk about Swordfish. Dude, the first five minutes alone, I was like, this movie's incredible. I was sold. What are you watching it on? Uh, it's on Netflix. All right. I'm in. Yeah. All right. So next time we'll watch. Swordfish. <laughs> All right, awesome. everybody. Swordfish but- and that new Jamie Foxx movie just came out. I'm pretty into yeah, that. Right. One too. Reviews are initially bad. So we'll have to, you know, see what we're going to do about that. Yeah. Well, the wait and see approach on that one. We're going to have at the end of the year, you know, we're going to have to do some sort of like the worst of the worst streaming movies of 2020. Like that's gonna have to be a thing because of all these terrible movies that have come out. Bad ones. <laughs> down, down. Well, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, GBW Pod. Um, let us know what your favorite Blumhouse movie is, and we'll talk about it next time on the show. And thank you so much for listening to us. For Mark Sisso, Nick Boyle, I'm Nick Rojas. We'll see you next time, guys. Ciao. <laughs> and that means because I'm hungry. <laughs>